The Sports Career Podcast, episode 263, How to Lead with Purpose. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in high performance coaching and also leadership development. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, with regards to this week's podcast, it's a returning guest to the show, Alistair McCaw. Alistair specializes in high-performance coaching, leadership development training, and how organizations and sport teams can create a winning team culture. For that reason, it's a pleasure to have Alistair as a special guest on the show. And in this episode, Alistair will share his sports career journey and explain to you how you can lead with purpose with regards to your sports career development. Alistair, it's such a joy to have you back on the podcast show. I cannot believe it. You were episode 127 and the topic was how to be champion minded. That was four years ago, um, which is crazy. I know we've done a lot more work together since then, but just for the listeners in, firstly, guys, you should listen to that podcast. It's one of the most listened to, so they'll be in the show notes. But for the listeners who don't know, you could just give a little snapshot of who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, thanks so much. I can't believe it's been four years. That's unbelievable. But then again, we lost almost two years. Well, we didn't lose two years, but with COVID and everything, it just seems everything's just been just um, fast forwarded in a way. But it, of course, it's always great to speak to you, see you. Um, I love your podcast. So please keep up the great work. I don't know how many you're up to now. Do you, do you know the number? 262 this week. Now, I run my own podcast. And let me tell you guys, it's not easy and ed will tell you it's about consistency it's about discipline it's about preparation all those things that actually can get you very very far in life but to answer your question quick and fast i'm alistair mccall i live in florida united states i'm a leadership mindset and culture uh, i don't like to say expert I, I like to call myself a learner because i'm continually learning that's what drives me that's what i'm passionate about i'm passionate about sports I was a professional athlete myself for 11 years. Um, I competed in five world championships in duathlon, finishing second in 2002. Uh, what else? I was brought up in South Africa, so that's maybe where, where you can uh, locate my accent. But um, yeah, I'm just super, super happy and blessed and grateful for what I do. I've made a great living in the sports industry. In fact, Back in uh, when I was in school, and I don't want to go, go into those type of back in my day stories, because I know when my parents did it, I always just shut off. But, um, you know, I was told by a teacher in our school when I said I wanted to go into coaching and I wanted to go into sports. And this is back in the 90s. And I remember her saying, well, there's no such thing as a career in sports. There's no such thing as a career in, in that. So, you know, think of something else. And uh, I followed my I followed my vision, I followed my belief, and, and here I am today. 
just really quickly, just a little snapshot. Could you just share a bit of your books? Because I know we'll be talking about another book in this podcast, but just to, for the listeners listening in, just share a little snapshot of your books because I've read all of them. And honestly, depending on who you are and what the book's purpose for, take a listen now because I know they will support you in some way. Yeah, well, as we speak, um, my fifth book has finally come out. It's been a lot of work and I always it's, it's they're almost like your kids in a way. You know, people ask you, what's your favorite book? And it's, it's difficult to say, but I've written five books. And, and what's what's interesting, Ed, it's actually been a um, the, the uh, evolution of my career in a way of the books I've written at that time is what I'm actually experiencing or the career I've been in. So I was into the fitness side the performance side in the beginning and now i'm in more into leadership culture so it's expanded in that in that direction so my first book was seven keys to being a great coach which the title says it all it's for coaches um, in the sports industry so maybe you know a coach that that could do with this book um, the second book was champion minded which is obviously the the, the biggest seller um, it's massive in uh, in schools in colleges it's for young athletes. It's about excellence in sports and in life. My third book was about team culture. So I was starting to go into team culture in terms of uh, what it takes to be a great team player. And, you know, sports and business are so related in terms of the same principles apply. It's about the vision, the goals, number one. Number two, it's about motivating and inspiring people. So your vision your people, and number three, it's about uh, about results and outcomes. I mean, that's the that's the reason why we do all those things. So that was my third book. My fourth book was winning, uh, developing a winning attitude and mindset, which is obviously about becoming a more positive person, which is something I am still working on every single day. Yes, I get negative. I get, you know, in fact, yesterday afternoon, I was in a pretty bad mood and, uh, even, even us guys who write books actually get in, into those mindsets as well. But the key thing is how quick can you snap out of it? That is the key is move on faster. We all can get negative. So, you know, don't think that just positivity is everywhere. And then number, the, the fifth one, the, 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 um, the last one I've written is lead with purpose, make an impact. And it's pretty funny, Ed. I was on a podcast yesterday and I forgot the title of the book. It just tells me how... Uh, how maybe exhausted I am in the last few weeks of just trying to get to get this out that I even forgot the own title of my 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 new book so it's lead with purpose make an impact and it's more about leadership uh it's related to the sports industry as well so if you love leadership if you love coaching if you want to get into the minds of some of the best uh, coaches leaders managers uh, principals in education etc this is the book for you We'll be talking more about this new book. I've been very lucky enough to read it way before it coming out. And honestly, it's a great read. We're going to touch on a few chapters that have influenced me. But before we go that route very shortly, Alistair, I'm really curious from our last podcast. It's something I say to all returning guests, actually. What is one quality of skill looking back have you developed from when we last spoke? I think becoming more open minded. And it's something that I find so, so important. And again, it's another thing that I'm working on. People need to understand that developing skills take time. You know, you just don't become a more positive person overnight. You just don't become a great coach overnight. These are years and years of practice. 
And, you know, people ask me, are you born a leader or, or made a leader? And I believe that you're made a leader more than born a leader. And in fact, I'd say it's 80-20 that you're made a leader. Um, it's just like a, a great athlete. They weren't, they, they weren't just born a great athlete. You know, it's all the hours and years of, of working behind the scenes on, on, on their skills. But definitely in these, these past few years, uh, since four years ago, wow, I can't believe it. I would say being a little bit more open-minded to things, trying to understand the other person's point of view more, which I'll be honest, in the beginning part of my career, I didn't do so much. I just thought that, you know, I, I, I know it all as, as we think we do. And I think it goes along with, and that's a great question, because I always believe that if you're the same person that you were five years ago, you haven't evolved, you haven't grown, you haven't learned. So, you know, if I look back to myself five years ago, I'm very happy I'm not that person. I'm very happy I'm not in that place. And I hope in five years time that I look back and say the same thing. And just relating to your T-shirt, actually, it says excellence is an attitude. Do you think excellence is better than looking at things being positive? You said, like, we're not always positive, but thriving for excellence, is that better than thriving to being more positive? I'm just curious. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's about perfection as well. You know, all high performers, in my opinion, are perfectionists or very near perfectionists. I haven't worked with one professional athlete or a person who's excelled in their field, be it music, be it, be it corporate, who isn't a perfectionist or near perfectionist, because that is what drives them to continually be better and better. They're never satisfied. So, you know, perfection is unattainable. Excellence is achievable. I think it was John Wooden who, who said that, um, you know, excellence is something that I strive for every day. And, and, you know, what is excellence to me? It's putting my head uh, on the pillow at night and knowing that I gave my best for that day, that I did everything I could on that day. That's excellence to me. Awesome. And finally, before we talk about your book, I want to talk about your podcast briefly because you've done the reps as well, my man. So I'm grateful for the kind words at the beginning. No, it's not about competition. <laughs> it's about, you know, being a pit, you know, peers, you know, supporting each other. And you've interviewed some great people. And I'm really intrigued with the people you've interviewed. How have their qualities rubbed off onto you out of interest? Massively, massively, Ed. And, you know, this is something that you taught me as well. And I enjoy listening to your shows is number one, it helps you get in touch with some great people out there. Number two, when I'm, when I'm interviewing a, a, person on my podcast for example i had the canadian women's head coach bev priestman last week um i wrote down two two pages of notes uh while i was speaking to her and i think it was i know i'm going off the subject a little bit here but i think it was peter drucker who said and you'll love this ed is if you're going to go see your mentor or learn from somebody make sure you have at least five questions prepared and make sure you come out of there with at least two pages of notes. And it's something that I really, that really stuck with me as well. I think it was Peter Drucker. Um, so again, if you're going to go see a mentor, because it shows respect as well. It shows that, you know, a mentor is giving their time. So bring something, show that you've come prepared. There's nothing worse than, you know, if you're sitting with someone that says, hey, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to check you. Say, OK, sure. Let's, I'll put 15 minutes aside. I've, I've very, very limited the time and they've got nothing prepared. And, you know, what what use is that? Now, 20 years ago, we didn't have the luxury of just being able just to to have someone on your podcast and and be able to speak to these people that were almost unreachable. 
now we're able to reach these incredible figures, but you need to bring something to the table as well for, for, for them. That's so important. I, I think I learned that from, from you, Ed, is it's not just about taking, it's about giving as well. So it's been an incredible source of helping me make contact. I can't tell you how much work I've been able to, to achieve um, uh, through my, my podcast as well. But I think the biggest thing for me as well of how much I've grown from having these one-on-one sessions with some of the best coaches, leaders, and, and people in the world. I'm smiling because it relates to a phrase I learned so early on from Gary Vaynerchuk. He has a book called Jab, Jab, Hook. I changed the wording to add value, add value, then ask. And if you don't mind, I'm going to dig deeper of our sort of professional relationship. I read your book before reaching out to you. And then since then, we've done other collaborative projects. And I think we're stronger as like friendship over the last two years with regards to the pandemic. And in regards to that, I would love your thoughts because we've done some collaborative projects during that hard period. May I ask what you've learned reflecting right now? Because we were doing stuff when it was really hard like for everybody, not just us, I mean the whole world. And I'll just love your thoughts now reflecting the last 18 months. You know what it is? And, and it relates to, to my book as well. And I wrote this book during the pandemic. So I put that time to good use is the big word is purpose. And I found that if when there was days that I maybe didn't wake up with purpose or I didn't even have a purpose, I was lost. And I've had a history of depression many, many years ago. And I've found that if I didn't have a plan for my day, I didn't have something scheduled, uh, especially some human uh, uh, um, interaction as well, because, you know, we, we were at home for, I've been at home for a year and a half before we've been able to travel a little bit this year. Um, I would start to go into those depressive states and into, I wouldn't call it a dark place, but um, I, I, think that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway from these last two years is that you have to have purpose in life, that you wake up and you have at least two or three things to do that day, places to go that day. It doesn't matter what it is, or people to speak, to call that day, is have a, a plan for your day, have purpose. I think that's the most important thing I took away. There were so many, um, I got to know myself a little bit better these last two years. It wasn't always easy to address some some points as well. Um, you know, we had some phone calls on on days as well where where you know I was, yeah. I was in a pretty low state and and vice versa. And, and that's not, and that's something I just want everybody to know is that um, no matter how great people's lives look from the outside or you know Instagram and so on and so forth, we all go through same things we're all very alike at the end of the day ed absolutely and i was just going to add to that it's just showing up like there's probably times it's easy to just go cancel the call we still showed up and we just got on with projects to focus on and, and i want to focus on your book now because as you know my audience is a younger audience than leaders who brand themselves and they're like i don't know mid-30s to 50s you know i always think leaders you're looking up to something but i love your thoughts of how somebody in their early 20s can start leading with purpose right now like because that's the main podcast topic how can people lead with more purpose and what they do well you know it's it's the it's the big question is i don't have a purpose how do i find a purpose we'll always say well what do you enjoy doing what are you passionate about what would you do if you didn't get paid for it for example and for me i was very very fortunate that i found that passion very uh, or that passion and purpose very very early now don't get me wrong my purpose has changed 
over the years. In fact, it probably changes every five years. If, if, if you know, we were just talking about that, that we metamorphosize every five years if we're, if we're growing and we're learning. So my purpose has changed over, over the years. But the important thing is, is that you, you, sh you must have a purpose. Now, what I was passionate about in my early 20s, I'm maybe not as passionate about now or, or back in my 30s. So it changes. Now, the, the, the greatest thing you can do, the best thing you can do as a young person is, do, is have as many experiences as possible. You know, what's best, one experience in 20 years or 20 experiences in one year? I'd take the 20 experiences in one year. And, you know, that doesn't mean now you're going to go job hopping every two weeks to, to have a new experience. It's important to learn and grow, um, see what a, a good culture is, see what a bad culture is, a good environment, a bad environment. You need to grow and pro it's just like relationships. You need to go through relationships to experience what is what you're happy with and not, what you're not happy with. So my advice is travel, learn, meet as many people as possible. I mean, there is, there is no excuse today not to be learning and growing with the amount of, of uh, information and knowledge and education on social media. I mean, even here right now, uh, you know, on your podcast, there's two, two, more than 200 opportunities to learn from 200 people. I mean, for free. I mean, <laughs> 20 years ago, you probably would have had to have paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to have that opportunity. So, you know, th that's that's the key thing is just keep learning, keep growing. Uh, I, I always believe traveling is one of the best things, learning different cultures. I've been very fortunate to do that through through sports. Um, if it wasn't if it wasn't sports in my earlier years, Ed, I wouldn't have had those amazing opportunities so by working hard, by disciplining myself, now we're not all going to be professional athletes. I get that. But volunteering at a, a, a great sports event, for example, the people you can meet. You know, I, I suggested this to the, the other day to a young, um, a young chap I, I, I mentor in. And you know what he said to me, Ed? He said, well, I don't get paid. And, you know, I just I get it, but I couldn't believe it in terms of you're getting this opportunity for, you're not seeing it this way, you're, you're getting this opportunity to do something where you can meet so many people, where you can learn so much, where it opens up your door. That, that's just an instant gratification mindset of what am I getting now? What am, if, I, if I had that mindset back then, I don't think I'd be where I am today. I did a lot of free work. I did a lot of volunteer work. I did a lot of work I didn't like. I hated it, but it made me a better person. It almost reminds me of that quote by Muhammad Ali, you know, the one with regards, I hated the training, but I knew it would make me successful at the end of the day. So on that note, looking back, relating to your book as well, with regards to leading with purpose, how big is resilience out of all, out of all this, of what you've just said just then? Massive, massive. And the more you put yourself into uncomfortable situations, difficult, uh, challenging situations, the more resilience and grit you're going to build. You don't, you don't build grit and resilience sitting behind a computer or, or at home. You build re resilience by getting out there, getting uncomfortable, making mistakes, failing. Uh, it, I can't tell you how many failures I've made. I can't tell you how much money I've lost. I can't tell you how many um, projects have gone up in smoke. But you know what? I sit here today and I'm happy those things occurred for me. Now, we all have regrets. And it's a, it's, it's a question that people say is, what regrets do you have? What would you change if you were to go back? And to be honest, I don't think I'd change anything, Ed, because this is, 
the person that's made me today. There were some really, really, really tough, you know, uh, challenging situations in the past um, that I wouldn't want to go back to, but they've made me the person I am today. And, and I'm happy I, I experienced those. Just being clear, I didn't ask you that question because I'm not a fan of that question. I'm, I, I think with regret, by the way, I, I'm a big believer of I'll change some of my micro decisions, but the regrets are part of the process or journey. Um, like, but I want to dig into your book because I've read it. And if you don't mind, I want to just snip into a few chapters. Like, this is just truthful, everybody. And I I've have a few, quite a few authors on here and I try and read their books. This book is a brilliant leadership book because it's simple to read. And what I mean simple is with all of Alistair's book, it's the way he writes that get the message home with regards to certain topics. In this case, it's the leadership with 44 lessons of it. And I just want to tap into three chapters, if it's cool with you, and we'll go in this order. But the first one is lead with high standards. Could you just give a snapshot of that? And really, in my opinion, that's the baseline, the foundation with regards to us really developing our leadership skills. I'd love your thoughts on that chapter, please. Well, I can definitely see that you've read all my books because the very first book, and I'm glad you asked this question, and, and you, you went to standards because the very first book I wrote, Seven Keys to Being a Great Coach, the very first page of the very first chapter is, it all starts with your standards. And the very first standard is the standard you set for yourself, what you accept, what you don't accept. So those standards is relatable to values, the values that you have for your life. And, you know, do you have values? Do you know what you, what you, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable? And it's a very important exercise to, to have. And, you know, how, how can you do that? How do you set your standards? How do you set your values? Take a pen and paper and write down what you accept and don't accept in your life. Um, you know, respect is a massive one. Honesty, integrity, all these things are important values and standards. But, yeah, I, I have never seen a successful person, a successful project, a successful company, a successful sports team not have high standards. It is one of the, the, the things that just stands out straight away in successful people, high performers, is that they drive high standards. Now, high standards aren't for everybody. It takes discipline. It, we, we talk about the word excellence, which I have on my shirt here. It's an everyday thing, not a sometimes thing. And, you know, another big word I talk, I, I like to bring up a lot is consistency is, you know, the average do it sometimes, the good do it most of the time, the great do it all of the time. And that that's what it really comes down to. Now, I know, uh, you know, there's going to be pe people here in their 20s, uh, young adults, and that is such a key age. Uh, listen, any age is key because you can always be learning and growing, but that is such a key age because... I speak to a lot of colleges and universities here in the United States, and that's the age group is between 18 and 22, 23. And if you, you know, if there was one thing I could go back to, Ed, would be to that age and uh, build more relationships, uh, understand the importance of connections, volunteer more work, and just get myself out there more. If, if I could go back to that, that age. Uh, because I think it would have exhilarated my career a lot, a lot faster, for sure. I hope people are taking notes. I want to check, get into this chapter now. Now, for the for me personally, this resonated with who I am and how I'm growing with my self development. It's lead with vulnerability. Now, we've touched on that throughout this conversation of the vulnerability of the pandemic, both of us in a little way. 
um, just in, in depth of who, you know, our relationship we've had in a business standpoint the last two years. But with regards to this chapter, how is leading can show vulnerability, you know, because it's sort of the opposite standards in a way. It's more internal. People want to be led by somebody that is honest, someone that is real, not this perfect image that everything's great, everything's always great, for example. That's not relatable. Um, just for me, when I, you know, when I look, scroll through Instagram and I don't spend much time of it because I use it more for just a motivational page and tips uh, on, on be champion minded. But, you know, you see all these uh, great looking people and lifestyles of, of the rich and famous. And you know what? 99.9% of it isn't, isn't true. And I relate more to people that are, that have, that show their real side. I relate to people who are not, a, are not afraid to show their vulnerabilities, not to admit them. I'm, I'm really inspired by people that have overcome failure, overcome setbacks. They're screwed up, but they've been able to, to bounce back and come back. That inspires me. And it's something that actually changed in my way of writing in a way. Maybe you, you noticed this as well in the last two books where I started to share more of my vulnerabilities. And talking about COVID, I think... Um, I think that's another area where um, I learned more about vulnerability as well as that, if, you know, not saying, hey, everybody, let's wake up and be happy. Let's be positive. No, you know, there's some mornings where I honestly couldn't get out of bed. Um, I got out of bed some mornings at 11, which is five hours after my uh, my usual wake up time. So I, I, I wouldn't have admitted that five, 10 years ago, Ed, because I wanted to project this image of, you know, the the perfect lifestyle and so on and so forth. And that wasn't real. And, and, you know, I've found that obtained more connections and grown more relationships through being more vulnerable. And uh, I'm sure people can relate with that as well is that you relate to more to people that are honest, that are raw, that you go, Hey, that, that that's like me as well. So, you know, so, Hey, maybe I'm not a negative person after all, you know, because it's easy to beat yourself up about these things. I'll give one little fun example when, uh, if you remember, because we were allowed to do some exercise for an hour, remember that rule in the UK? And I, you said, I've done my run. I went, damn, I better start doing my run now after our call. And it showed, and when you said you missed a day, I know it's micro, but sometimes our mindset, it, it's, it's like heavy weight throughout the day of not doing that certain task. And for us, we always communicated of just making sure we do our morning run or some sort of exercise to stay active. My final chapter I want to tap into, and it actually sparked through a podcast chat with Lalisa LaHue, who is the GM of Gotham FC. And she said a quote that um, being a leader, I'm talking about like business world or sport positions where you're the top and you're leading others or departments. She said, actually, leading people can be very lonely. And the chapter I was really curious, and because I think we've done this throughout the last two years, is how we can lead through co collaboration. I would love your thoughts on it. I have got an example, but I would love your thoughts on leadership doesn't have to be lonely. Absolutely not. And, you know, this is something I've learned on interviewing some of the best leaders and coaches on my podcast is that the commonality is that they have people around them that are leaders as well, that advise them, that, that they share their thoughts with. So no, you, no great leader does it alone. You'll, you'll, always, you'll always see that they have a group of people around them. And that's another message I try to get across as well, Ed, is, is surround yourself with the best possible people. Uh, another message I, I especially bring to teenagers and young, younger adults in their 20s is surround yourself with good people because 
you essentially become the people that you surround yourself with. They're very influential. And, um, you know, that's something in, in my new book, Lead with Purpose, Make an Impact, is, is uh, to, be, to make an impact, you have to be in, influential. But yeah, collaboration, again, if I have to look at companies, teams, organizations that are successful, another key area is collaboration. They, they all collaborate well. They might not always agree with each, each other on certain things, but there's high respect. They're, they, they're open-minded. They're curious. Uh, they're wanting to learn. And they also accept that the, the final decision might not be their choice or their decision, but they accept that. And, you know, if I can give one word of advice of if you're going for a job interview or, or if I can tell you what, what great organizations are looking for in their people is, yes, you need the skills. I always say that, you know, that's the entry ticket, but it's your ability to get along with other people. It's your ability to collaborate well with other people. It's your ability to bring a good energy and chemistry to to the environment, that is what um, uh, leaders of companies, organizations, and teams are looking for these days. Absolutely. And I want to touch on the second part of your title of your book called Make an Impact. I want to share this case study. This is not for us to, Alistair, to get brownie points here, but this is really important case study because it does relate to the collaboration. Uh, Alistair and I, literally, when the pandemic hit, I did an online summit to promote um, your winning attitude book. Then we did some bit of online uh, courses and we did one called uh, Alistair's 10 Rules to Success. We did this in the pandemic. It was free. It's still available. And this is not promoting the course. I went back through my WhatsApp messages and Alistair sent me one at 11.30 p.m. And I had a bit of a down evening. I saw this message from Mike. I won't give a second name, but he said, incredible how life works. Yesterday I saw everything humanly possible through negative glasses. Bear in mind through the pandemic. Ended up watching your online course and it ended my day on a positive note. And I want to share this as an example of collaboration. Alistair and I could have just not collaborated and figured things out on our own. But looking back, and this is over a year ago, this message, how is this a good example that the listeners can apply something as simple as that, collaborating with a good friend they trust, where they can meet, make an impact to somebody they never even knew? Like, I don't know this guy, Mike but it made my day that the hard work we put behind the scenes with your online mini course actually influenced people during that hard time. Yeah, that, that's massive. And that's another reason why I do what I do, Ed. And I, I think you're, you're on the same, uh, same mindset as me is, is, you know, getting a letter like that or an email or a message like that, just really just, I can't tell you the way it makes me feel. That is why I do it. And we all have the ability to make an impact on the lives and others. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to have 10 million followers on Instagram or whatever to make an impact. Making an impact really comes down to care. I think that's, that's the, 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 the biggest um, uh, factor there is to making an impact on others is showing that you truly care. And that can be something as simple as, a phone call, a text message to say, hey, thinking about you, hope all is well. Something as simple as that that can make somebody's day because we don't know what other people are going through, um, no matter how great their life looks from the outside. In fact, uh, and I think this is something we, we spoke about on that, on that course, Ed, was be more concerned about people you're not hearing from and, and, and reach out to those people. 
and instead of playing the game of well you know i was the last one that messaged them and they they didn't message me and playing this petty game you know that only leaves you with regrets at the end of the day especially if something unpleasant happens so reach out to people especially people you haven't heard from in fact um a a a client that i mentor you know i know he's going through a difficult time but i i've been trying to reach out to him now i've texted him i've emailed him um you know uh, you know keep making the effort keep you know keep putting in the work for example and just to clarify this is leadership right absolutely you know why because we're all leaders because the most important person you lead is yourself love that and out of interest i hope the listeners are enjoying this conversation but with regards to the book where can people grab a copy yes it's available hopefully uh, on Amazon from the 25th of November. Now, sometimes there is teething problems. Uh, usually, it comes out first here in the United States, and then sometimes it can take a day or two. So I'm not I'm not sure when we're when this episode is getting getting put out there, Ed, or is being broadcasted. But um, it should be out by the time this this episode is out. I hope. But yes, Amazon is is the best place to to get my books. Brilliant. And this will be launched well after the launching date itself. Out of interest, Alistair, and I know we've spoken a lot in this podcast, but what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back now, particularly after writing your fifth book? um, The people I met, the experiences I gained, but I think the most important thing, the discipline that I had to get up every single day and do things I maybe didn't want to do that day. That has made me in, in what I can say being successful. And some, you know, that might sound that I'm not being humble, but I think that's another question you need to ask yourself is how do you define success? And for me, I've defined success simply as waking up, being able to do what I love to do with who I love to do it with. And, and in other words, freedom. Success to me is the freedom to choose how your, your day is going to be. That is for me worth more than more than money. But I'd say my sports journey, people I've met, experiences I've gained, and most importantly, the discipline uh, that I've been able to instill in, in my life, which has carried me through to, to my, uh, my career today. Wow, what an answer. And as always, Alistair, I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. You've provided bags in this conversation but just relating to the leadership theme relating to your book a little bit as well what three qualities can the listeners apply to be a better leader straight after this podcast chat i think the first one care uh as we spoke about you know making an impact comes comes down to care uh standards i mean you you chose that as the first one which is which would be be you know one of mine as well so care standards and i'd say the third one would be oh there's so many if if i think about my 44 lessons i would say your attitude your energy that you bring you know you you know your skills are the entry ticket your attitude will determine how far you go so i would say it would be those three awesome i hope people are writing them down and apply it straight after this podcast chat Alice, you talked about where people can get your book, but how can people connect with you or follow you on social media? Sure. Probably the best two areas would be Twitter at Alistair McCall and on Instagram, be champion minded. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All the links I've mentioned in this podcast chat will be on my website related to this podcast. 
Alistair, as always, it's a pleasure to rock the mic with you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ed. What an awesome conversation with Alistair. And it's always a pleasure to interview him or even have the opportunity to work with him. And I hope you learned during the podcast that authenticity is key with regards to working or pursuing a career in the sports industry. And with regards to today's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding how you can lead with purpose and make an impact. That is the purpose of actually this podcast episode. I really mean that because including myself and my self-development, particularly on the topic of leadership, I feel particularly online there's so many like motivational quotes from really influential people and we can't connect with them due to what they have achieved. But really we can do it with our decisions, our habits, but most importantly our actions with regards to how we just influence others who are already around us. And that's probably my biggest learning lesson from this podcast that leadership really defines who we are with the actions we do at a daily basis, particularly with other words that Alistair mentioned with regards to our vision and also our values. But with regards to Alistair's book, I have had the privilege to read it. And honestly, as I mentioned during the podcast chat, it is such a simple read where it hits home certain topics that could be quite challenging to understand, meaning like vulnerability. People have so many different points of view on that topic of vulnerability and leadership or vulnerability in anything really with regards to our self-development but Alistair just has this writing style that just makes things easy to consume and then put his guidance into action with regards to our development so if you want to grab a copy of this book the best place is Amazon there'll be a link in my show notes with regards to um, this podcast episode on my blog But most importantly, with regards to your sports career development, I hope you really put those tips right at the end into action right now so you can be a better leader in what you do and how you show up each day. So on that note, put Alistair's tips, guidance into action now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Alistair said, your skills are the entry ticket to the job but it's your ability to get along with others with that great energy. That is what leaders in companies are looking for.